give a Diane Keaton impression? No. From this movie? Can you do a Jack Nicholson impression? Hey, doll. Where does he get those wonderful toys? I think you make him too creepy. He's super creepy. He's not as... You're making him, like, shining creepy. Well, I was going with the Joker, actually. That was oh, okay. He does in this movie that go, it's showtime. Yes. That's super creepy. That, is, that was creepy. But, like, his just regular talking isn't quite as creepy as... His eyebrows make it creepy. His Grinch eyebrows. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Can you do a Keanu Reeves impression? I don't think I can't. You have to be able to walk up a flight of... Now, what do you call happy? Jean Favreau? Yeah. Can you do a Jean Favreau? Why are you making him sound so French? Because <laughs> you said it, and I like it better than John Favreau. <laughs> Bonjour tout le monde, c'est moi, Jean Favreau. <laughs> he's he's a... so French in this movie. Yeah. Even though this movie is, like, half set in Paris. It's one eighth set in Paris. It's set on a soundstage in front of a Paris green screen. They weren't actually in Paris. Did you see that Eiffel Tower? I I was lost in the realism of Paris. I'm still clinging to the fact that this movie might have been good at one point. Wait, we, I think we already started this. Let's just go with it now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> with that enthusiasm, welcome everyone to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Turtleneck Randawa, and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha Fifty Shades of Beige Randawa. <laughs> I almost went with Randawa. Oh, Soon enough. Soon enough. Keys. That's a good alternate title for this movie. What? Fifty Shades of Beige. Yeah. There's so much beige on beige on beige. And everyone's so boring. Uh, Yeah. We're here. We're talking about the movie Something's Gotta Give. Yeah. And we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. We watched 2003's Mm -hmm. Something's Gotta Give. Something's Gotta Give. Gotta, yeah. I always drop the G on something if I'm going to say gotta. Something's gotta. Something. Gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, if I say something, then I say got to. Something has to give. Something must give Something at must some give point. at present time. Yeah, this was written, produced, and directed by Nancy Myers. So I had some like high hopes for this one. Well, before we get into uh, your thoughts and my thoughts on this movie, uh, we wanted to thank our first sponsor. And today's episode is brought to us by Taproot Edmonton, which publishes curiosity-driven stories, topical newsletters, and locally-focused podcasts, all in the service of informing Edmontonians about their community. If you want to start your day informed, check out The Pulse, Taproot's daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get short, informative updates about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You'll also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as A Moment in History and the Friday podcast pick. It's free, so sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. And we were their podcast pick not too long ago. Were we? Yeah. That's awesome. So, Indy, I saw this movie in 2003 and loved it then. 
but it may have just been because Keanu Reeves was in it, and I was very into Keanu Reeves at that time. This is peak Matrix. But he's still in it, and you still are into him. But it's not enough to make up for other shortcomings? No. So, Indy, I used to love this movie. Did and? you love it? Um. Well, I think it, it was quite clear because you were sitting next to me <laughs> yeah. while we watched it. And no... Although I think I'm more disappointed in this than a lot of other movies that I liked less. Because mm. when you brought me, let's say, um, Save the Last Dance. Right. I didn't think it was going to be very good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very good. Yeah. I actually had much higher expectations for this movie because on its surface, it has a lot going for it. It seemed like it wasn't going to be your standard romantic comedy. Yeah. And I, I stand by that. I don't think it is. But... It's still bad. I like a lot of the things they tried to do. I like that so much of this movie focuses on the fallout and the emotions after one night together. Yeah. It's targeted at different things. It has a cast that you probably normally wouldn't see in a romantic comedy because they're people that are older and I was excited to see that. And I do think this movie tackles things that most romantic comedies shy away from. But mm-hmm. it's still not good. It's not. It was just poorly executed. And it I was. really liked a lot of the ideas. And I think with this same premise in the hands of a different writer, perhaps, Maybe. I may really enjoy it. Because... Or even a different director. Well, they are one and the same, of course. But I think it was more in the script than in the direction. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, Nancy Myers' direction was was fine. It was was Mm -hmm. good. I don't think I didn't see any problems with the direction. All of my issues were with the script. (laughs) And what a script it was! What a script it was! I should know scripts because I wrote a script once. And sometimes you might think that, hey, you know what? I do this podcast because I no longer can write those scripts. Hmm, that's a good thing to think about. That's kind of defining my character. That's who makes me who I am. And I'm going to tell you right to your face, just like this movie does. Yes. There are so many instances in this movie where a character will just monologue about their motivations and what they are going to do next or what they had just been doing. Mm -hmm. This is the epitome of telling and not showing. There's so much of that. In the first 30 seconds of this movie, you have a monologue by Jack Nicholson and being like, I'm a womanizer. I like younger women. Who knows why? This is a woman I'm with now. And then she goes, hi, we're going to go to my mom's place. She's not going to be there. We haven't had sex yet. Let's have sex today. We haven't had sex yet, but we're going to. But we haven't yet. So it's cool if something happens. You won't like my mom. She's very different from me. You won't like her. There's no way the two of you could ever get together. Let's go. (laughs) have sex now that's the the level of dialogue in this movie was just astounding how straight they talk to the audience telling you what exactly what's happening what you're feeling yeah it's 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 crazy bizarre i thought it was a joke a couple times which i often do i think they're i think they're on my side and making fun of things and i think this movie does get into parts of that because it's not a typical romantic comedy and i do think it plays on the conventions of romantic comedies But this movie proved to me that just because you're aware of the shortfallings of typical, like, not-so-good romantic comedy doesn't make you better than them. You still have to do something with that knowledge. Yeah. And I don't think this did. No. But I think 
I'm missing something because this is a beloved movie. It is a beloved movie. And I remember really, really liking it when I first saw it. So I don't know, like, are we too serious for this movie? Am I serious now? Am I like a movie snob? I don't know. Last night I watched uh, Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights back to back, <laughs> which if you're not familiar, I'm they not. <laughs> are uh, Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson, like action comedies in oh. the Old West. You always watch the most interesting things when I go away for a night. I think that's the opposite of interesting, but I was kind of thinking, like, am I just a snob? And then I watched that and I was like, no, it's kind of funny. I like it. (laughs) It's not great, of course, but it's enjoyable. And this, I don't think, was. It wasn't enjoyable this time. It was a little bit like watching your parents make out for an hour and a half. Gross. Why would you say that to me? No, but, like, remember how uncomfortable some of the scenes are to watch? (laughs) I disliked it so much when we were watching it. It put me in a bad mood. Yeah. Like, for the first half, I wasn't saying anything. I was just sitting there, and I just got grumpy as it went on. And then once it became clear that you didn't like it either, then I was allowed to, like, talk (laughs) and say that I didn't like it. And that made it better. But over the last week, because we watched it about a week ago. Yeah. I've been thinking about it, and I was like, no, those elements of of the story, those are really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I like where they're going. You know what? This was a good movie. I was in a bad mood. And then we rewatched a bunch of it just before recording today. Yeah, because we've been really busy this week, so we, we need terrible a, a refresher. It was, it was so terrible. Bad. Oh, it's just it was shockingly bad. It's like this has the potential to be like a like big sweeping kind of romance moment, mm. and it's just kind of cringy and gross. Yeah, a lot of it was was yeah. gross. Yeah, like it was just, it could have been this really big, like epic, like affair, sexy rendezvous thing. Or it could have been something that takes those conventions of romantic comedies and plays with them in fun Mm -hmm. ways because you don't have the typical leading man and leading lady. And it's about rather than this like meet cute and then they fight and then they get back together. All of that happens earlier on in like act two. And then it's the fallout of of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting premise. When I say it out loud, I want to watch that movie. Yeah, it sounds great. But I watched it and it was terrible. It was terrible. Well, should we uh, get into it and just kind of go through the movie? Sure. I have a I have a synopsis here kind of set already, but it has Jack Nicholson as Harry uh diane keaton as erica it has amanda pete as Marin, um and then later on in the movie we meet keanu reeves who is dr julian is that his first name or his last name dr julian mercer dr mercer who does every single job in the hospital, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's like the receptionist. He walks people to their car. <laughs> yeah. He does house calls. But we'll get into him. Yeah, he uh, he's a busy man. I don't know how, like, this is why he's single. It's because he probably works 24 hours a day. He never looks busy. No, but... He has time to, like, uh, stare wistfully as he leans against a wall. Yeah, and sit down in chairs, really cool. He loves sitting in chairs when everyone else is standing. I was thinking about that when we were watching it just now, and I was like, man, he must have just, like, practiced so much to get these, like, really casual sit-downs. <laughs> well, a lot of people say that's where Keanu's strength as an actor really comes from, is his sitting abilities. Oh, yeah. Like Brad Pitt, known for his eating, Keanu for his sitting. Because he's... That's... <laughs> he's a really good sitter. 
think he's an action star. He shouldn't be sitting. He's good at the action stuff, but that came later in his career. He wasn't an action guy at the beginning. He, I think where he really excels is sitting. You're making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I am. I think he's a good sitter. I did take note on more than one occasion. Why is he sitting right now? Yeah. Yeah, he, like, gets up and sits down and gets up and sits down a lot. That's his thing. Like, Brad Pitt loves to like, always be eating in his movies. He thinks that makes him a better actor. Tom Cruise runs all the time. Tom Hanks pees all the time. Do you not know these things? No. Oh, we should do a breakdown one day. Every Tom Cruise movie, there's a shot of him running full tilt. Every Tom Hanks movie. Does he movie, think that makes him look taller? Well, there's no one around. It makes him look fast, at least. Mm. The apple boxes make him taller. <laughs> but um, Tom Hanks pees in all of his movies, and it's always like an integral part of the plot. It's him peeing. Yeah, it's just a thing. That's weird. It is weird. And Brad Pitt's always eating. He always says it's like an apple or something. Yeah, I think I, I think I know that a little bit more than the other two. Keanu Reeves loves sitting. Not like sitting for a long time, but the act of going from standing to sitting. I think that's where he... Seriously? <laughs> it seems like it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but let's... um. Let's go back to this uh, movie. Okay, yeah, we're wow. not even into the plot yet. Uh, I'm sorry for you who are really into uh, Something's Gotta Give that are missing out. Uh, yeah. But I think we have to start with the first shot and your favorite song it's ever. It's not my favorite song. It's your favorite Butterfly song. Butterfly no, by yours. Crazy Town. Crazy come, Town. Isn't that what it is? Oh, man. Come, my baby. Come, come, my baby. It's lady. You're my butterfly. Lady. Sugar. Lady. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a terrible, I think you just rewrote song. it and they think it's better now. I think those are the lyrics. No, it's lady instead of baby. And it's just the camera on like hot ladies. Yeah. And then a woman looks in the camera and then down and then bites her lip and like puts her hair behind her ear. And they're all dressed so 2000s. Yeah. Oh. Although one of them is wearing a turtleneck. That is important later on. But who were these people? It's just like, these are Jack Nicholson's type of people. Sexy young restaurant goers, which seems to be Jack Nicholson's type. Yeah. (laughs) But Harry is like introduced as only dating women under 30. Yes. Which is gross. Which he's been doing for 40 years. Yeah. So it just makes it gross. You can do that for a while. Yeah. When you're 30, that's cool. Yeah. You can date women under 30. (laughs) When you're 80, it's less cool. Yeah. How old is he, do we think? 85? 90? What? I thought he was 63. Doesn't he say specifically? Is he 63? Does he? 90, 83. Sure, he's, he's 87. Yeah. Uh, so there's, yeah, this really weird montage of just ladies in dresses and low-cut tops. and giggling. Except for the turtleneck. Except for the one lady in a turtleneck, yes. But it's like a sexy turtleneck. Yeah, you know how sexy turtlenecks Well, it has no sleeves. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a big thing in, like, 2003. Yeah. It was the sleeveless turtleneck that was, like, ribbed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. I think I had one of those. I think it was navy. That's what you would wear when you were dancing to Crazy Town. Yeah. We finish that lovely montage of ladies in mid-2000s clothing and move on to a like sports car and amanda pete is in the front seat with harry and uh they're like very obviously dating i guess well because they tell you because they tell you 900 times and they make it very obvious 
And they also tell you who's going to be at the house and whose house it is and that she's not rich, but her mom's rich, but you won't like my mom. Yeah. You two would never get along. And they make a point of saying that they haven't had sex. They talk about it so often. Like four or five times in this car ride, which lasts. And then it keeps coming up. It's about six minutes of the movie that they're in the car. And it's like they mention that they haven't had sex like four times. Which, good, because he is way too old for you, Amanda Pete. And then they go in, and of course the mom is there, and the big, big miscommunication was like, I thought you were going to be writing. And she's like, yeah, I do. I'm a professional writer, and I write here, and I have my entire life. I don't know why you wouldn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> it seems... Like, clearly the lake house, not the movie, this this house at the Hamptons that they're at, like, clearly it's built solely so that she can go there and write like she has this huge beautiful office and it seems from this movie that she lives there full time yeah she never i don't know why she'd be surprised that her mom was at her home this movie is real time six months long yeah and we get to meet uh, diane keaton and who is her mom and Frances mcdormand who's her aunt yes that's diane keaton's sister zoe yeah who I think they're trying to make gay, but they don't have the like strength of will to say that she's gay. Yeah, or they were trying to make her like the crazy Aunt Zoe. I they think also didn't in give Nancy her Myers' enough... mind, that's the same thing. Okay, because they didn't really give her enough personality or lines. She was great. I wish she was in it more. She was very good with what she was given, but I think to really like drive that character home <laughs> with like an actual personality, mm. she needed more screen time. Yeah. She just kind of had, like, frizzy hair and, like, talked loudly occasionally. And she's a women's studies professor, which I think in Nancy Meyer speak means gay. Yeah, I think so. And there's the big misunderstanding, but then they say quite logically, hey, we're not all children. We can both, we can all stay here. That's fine. And this is kind of the first instance where we see them like approaching being liberal or sex positive or anything like that. But Uh then the movie always reverts to like, yeah, but not so far. But yeah, she's going to be empowered, but she still needs a man to tell her what to do is what this movie comes down to in the end, which is uh, very disappointing. Yeah. I was hoping that Amanda Peet's character would like break up with, with Harry and become this like empowered woman. But Instead, she gets pregnant and married and like... To like a nice stable guy. Yeah. I was more thinking about Diane Keaton's character who, well, we'll go over all of her very... I guess it's not symbolic when you have a symbol, but then tell us it's a symbol. Yeah. Her symbolic empowerment and freedom. Yeah. Because she tells you specifically, like, I wear this turtleneck because I'm buttoned down and like... Boring. Yeah. That's why I do it. For that's who I am, and that's who I've always been. Nobody could change me, but you know what? I think I'm changing, and I will show I am changing by removing my turtleneck. And she tells you. Yeah. It's not a symbol if you're saying it, though, so I guess I don't know what that is. And then also, like, after he, there's this awkward sex scene, Harry cuts her turtleneck off, and then after they have sex... They're like, she's like, oh, I thought I was closed for business. Oh, gross. Like, there's so many gross moments. That's, uh, I think, right after Jack Nicholson gets an erection and then says, like, oh, look who woke up. And then she's like, oh, and she's and then he says, don't talk. We don't want him to go away. 
Yeah, that's insulting. Because <laughs> the more you speak, the less aroused I am. Is that the joke? I think so. I don't know if it was meant as like, let's hurry up because it like may not last forever. Right. Or if it's like, shut up, you're going to make me like not in the mood anymore. (laughs) But uh, going back, we're kind of jumping all over. But uh, going back, then they do have dinner. And at dinner, Frances McDormand says like, oh, I know you. They write articles about how good you are not getting married. Yeah, you're like a famous bachelor. He's in the newspaper. For not being married, but just like being really good at not being married. Can I be in the newspaper for not being married? No, you're engaged. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're not very good at it. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Almost married. Yeah. (laughs) I failed. I guess that's just like a glimpse into the lives of rich white people that I didn't, wasn't privy to that you can be famous for not being married. Yeah. I think that's just like rich old white men. Actually, or are you joking with me? No, I think that's that's true. The people are like well known for not being married. I think so. It was like George Clooney for years. Yeah, but George Clooney isn't famous for not being married. He was famous because he was in ER for many years and then had a great movie career and was a leading man and director. Yeah, but he didn't get married in that time, so he was true. Like... But I don't think his fame was because of not being. No, I think if he wasn't, wasn't in movies. No one would be like, hey, did you know that guy's not married? He would just be a guy. True. He's just, it's just called single then. Hmm. Okay. Not famous. <laughs> I don't know if people are famous for not being married. I think there are a lot of people out there who are not married, and I don't know anything about them. Really? Oh, you don't get Singles Digest? <laughs> it's just like a yearbook of all the single people. Oh, I I think that's Tinder. <laughs> It's already a thing. Yeah. I thought I was being clever. (laughs) (laughs) After dinner, there's a very awkward scene where Marin and Harry um, go into the bedroom and start playing, is it Marvin Gaye? Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. With their mom, her mom, right downstairs. And still like like 20 minutes after dinner, everyone's there. Everyone's awake. (laughs) And they made a point of saying like, we're going to have sex now. Yeah. It's weird. And then, of course, he has a heart attack, and it's funny because, I don't know, it's just funny when people almost die but don't, I guess. And uh, here's a little bit of a public service announcement and uh, actual serious talk. If someone is talking to you and speaking and breathing, don't give them CPR. No, no. Because he was like, oh, no, I don't feel good. My chest hurts. And then Diane Keaton goes, you fucking guy, and starts giving him mouth to mouth. That's just kissing. Yeah. That's just forcing yourself on someone who's kind of incapacitated. That is assault because they are having a medical episode and you're just like mouth to mouthing them for no reason. So she like angry CPRs him Mm -hmm. while he's awake. Yeah, because during their whole dinner, she was like, he's a bad guy because, well, actually, I assume he's a bad guy because he's dating younger women, but. Amanda Pete's like totally into it and says like, oh, I want to be with him because it's not serious. So I guess he's not doing anything wrong. No. And I think it seems like he's very open about the fact that he like. Well, he's, they write articles about it. Yeah. He's so good at it. But it just seems like he's being very fair to these women because he's like, look, I'm not the marrying type. I'm not going to do, you know. That's true. Is he not the bad guy of this? I don't think so. Because when you actually look at what they do, Diane Keaton is far meaner. 
Because during dinner, she's just a dick to him. She is. She's making little, like, barbs and jobs and, like... like why aren't you married? For, like... He doesn't go, why aren't you married? No that never reason. Happens. Yeah, they're having, like... They're trying to have, like, an adult, normal dinner conversation. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you married? Hmm? But then again, if my young daughter was with some 63-year-old guy, I'd probably like, ask him some pointed questions, too. Mm, true. But either way, she's a dick... And I guess he is too. Then we meet Keanu because he is the doctor when he has, uh, when Jack has his heart attack. And the cure is you can leave the hospital, but you can't leave the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And you can't go to a hotel or something like that. I think the thing was, is that it was summer and there were no hotels. Oh. That was why he was like, well, where am I supposed to go? He's a literal millionaire. Yeah, I think you could probably like rent a house. But why can't he just go to New York? Because um, he couldn't drive in a car. We see him right in the back. Because of his blood pressure? I don't know. He's two days later running on the beach and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he could sit in the back of a car for, I don't know how long it takes, two hours? I think it's because he was like dizzy and passing out. I don't know if the car affects that. I think the car might make you more car sick if you're like already dizzy and passing out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that. I think he could just take, it's a limo. I think you just take a nap in the back. True. You could just like literally make a little bed in there. Yeah. And but that would negate the whole premise of this movie. roll a hospital bed in. Yeah, absolutely. Like right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. But then they wouldn't have hijinks at the beach house. And see, this gets into that typical rom-com thing because it's like a broad comedy premise of these two people, they're an odd couple and they're going to have to live in the same house yeah. together. And it is that for a little bit, but that's not the focus. So I dislike this movie, not because it follows all those cliches, but for completely new and original reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's something. Yeah. Like I was thinking the character that Diane Keaton is playing at dinner before he has his heart attack is like what every dad actor plays in every other, like, yeah. movie where the daughter brings a boyfriend home. Yeah. So it could have been really interesting, but they just didn't write it well. So then he has to go live with Diane Keaton, but Amanda Peet has to go... Home? Via Sotheby's auctioneer, which is a, a job that occur, occurs a lot in movies. Really? Yeah, I've seen that multiple times. Is that how you just, like, meet rich people in the movies, then? Yeah. Like, There's cause... so many jobs in movies that I was like... There's one person in the world who does yeah. that. Like, if Sotheby's isn't that, like, highly staffed of an operation. Yeah, I'm it's sure not there's, like Best Buy. <laughs> I'm sure there's, like, four auctioneers in New York. You hardly ever see Best Buy workers in romantic comedies. They're all, they work at Sotheby's or they're architects. So many architects. All the men architects, are architects. Yeah. Or, um. A lot of bakers. Bakers, yeah. Uh, like, chefs. It's mm-hmm. another one. Like Jean Favreau. So Jack has to go live at Diane Keaton's house without Amanda Peet because she's auctioning stuff. And then we get his whole team who rush to the hospital right away. Yeah. And they're very caring. They actually truly love him, but they're also very hard workers. Yeah. And he has this team of assistants. Never see them again. No. Why weren't they there? Yeah. And he dismisses the nurse as well. Because that was kind of a fun little group. Yeah. There was like the like pretty assistant. There was John Favreau. There... I thought they were going to go. There was a pretty assistant. There was that tall blonde lady. <laughs> I thought John Favreau was the pretty And then assistant. there was one other guy. There was the driver. 
I don't even remember because we don't see them again. Because there were three of them. But like that could have been a fun thing to have in the house too. But I guess that would detract from from all the romance and chemistry. Dude, had to cut that sex scene by 20 minutes. Yeah. This is already a long movie and clearly it was much longer and got cut out. Because there's a lot of things that don't make sense. And I assume it was because they were cut. In my notes already, I have um, turtleneck is shorthand for uptight. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like 20 minutes into the movie. How many turtlenecks do you think are in this movie? 17. Yeah, that's about right, I'd say. And then my next note is nothing happens or is thought without at least three people telling you. Yeah. Because they always start things with, so you're saying, so many scenes start with, so what you're saying is he has to stay here even though we don't get along? I don't know if I could deal with that. Then cut to Jackson going, well, I don't know if I could stay here. She's crazy. We're so different. We'll never get along. And I get it that, like, that's a fun cliche that it's an odd couple that gets together, but you don't have to. We're so familiar with it. Like when you get to your Christmas Prince movie that we watched last year, they don't say any of those things because they assume you've seen a hundred romantic comedies. You know the deal. We're not going to mention any of it because you've been through this Like we're pretty well trained. This isn't the first romantic comedy ever. But yeah, they're so obvious about it that it doesn't let you like make up your mind or think critically about it because they just give it to you on like a flashcard and they're like here you go this is the what's happening now so then of course they quickly fall in love in like two days uh, she goes on a, a week she goes on a date oh with Keanu. with Keanu and then Harry gets jealous and starts to like see her as a sexy woman option and do you think that's what it was I think the that's the moment Oh, and I that, thought that it was... like breaks him out of his like I only date thirty year olds or under thirty. It's jealousy. It's jealousy because he sees Keanu Reeves looking at her, and then she looks... and you're like, oh, he's hot, so she must be hot. That's the uh, and then I think he sees her in the dress and he likes it. I thought it was when he sees her naked. Oh, I thought that was just like a weird little add-in. Well, I think maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit, but I do think there's good stuff in this movie. And I think it's not like, oh, she's hot, I saw her naked. I think that him seeing her naked and then being attracted to her was him seeing her vulnerability. Oh, yeah, yeah. And having her see his vulnerability because he, especially right after the heart attack, they don't play it. It's played for laughs. He is Mm -hmm. like um, discombobulated and wandering around. And it shouldn't be funny, but it's a romantic comedy, so they have to laugh yeah. at it. But they don't do it in as funny of a way. Like, he looks bad. Mm-hmm. He looks like he could die. And it's sad because, like, if it's, a, like, a little old man toddling around the hospital with his butt out, that's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Like, get him to bed. So I think that maybe <laughs> him seeing her naked was him recognizing her vulnerability and recognizing that she accepts his vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of looking at this. I'm not sure if that's there. That's what I hope the choice was. <laughs> the reason I don't know that it's intentional is because everything in this movie that has this... There's no subtext in this movie. Right. It's text. It's bold, italicized text. Underlined. And it's... Yeah, it's being <laughs> yelled at you and told explicitly to you. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that is giving it more credit than it deserves. But I think that could be in there. Right. Yeah. Either way, I think it's a better choice than what we get. Yeah. And because 
on the screen, the way she falls for him is he remembers her name finally. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she's, she's like, like, you remembered my oh, name? Oh, let me peel off all my clothes. Let me cut off this turtleneck. <laughs> she also sexily checks his blood pressure. Oh, that's later. We'll get to that because okay. that's the big sex scene. Great. Uh, so Harry and Erica, like, make French toast. They laugh on the beach. She has an insane laugh. She laughs for 70% of this movie. Yeah. She laughs at everything. And I, I think I find it especially annoying because I, when people laugh just to have something to do, I find it annoying. Yeah. And I laugh a lot. Probably more than like 90% of people, I think. I'm yeah. constantly laughing, but I'm kind of like jokey. Although you wouldn't know it from this podcast where I'm dead serious. All the time. But she is one of those people that'll open a door and go, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Oh, there's no. And you're like, why? What? What's not funny? a joke. Yeah. What's happening? And then we also get that scene of them on the beach where she's pick she has jars of white stones all around her house mm. and she's picking them up and she goes i only pick up the white ones and it's like yeah we already saw it we see you doing it we get it but then she goes on to say like does that mean i'm controlling i feel like that means i'm controlling because i only do this yeah. one thing it's very specific to me and i think it could mean this about me like you can cut all that dialogue and just like have her have like a bowl of white stones in her hand so you can yeah. see it because or have her pick up a bunch and throw away the one that doesn't exactly match. there you go done yeah oh she's controlling we don't need to like have a 10 minute conversation about this yeah everything's a 10 everything minute conversation is a, everything is a five to ten minute conversation in this movie and there's so much useless dialogue that we could probably just like figure out by looking at the movie mm-hmm Give us some credit. Mm -hmm. And then when she does go on that date with Keanu, one thing that I think maybe is good writing, I think that she goes on the date because of her interactions with Jack. I think so. Because he's been kind of opening her up as they have to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's particularly well done, but I think that's what's happening. And I think that ironically... Jack Nicholson's character is the one that makes her want to or be willing to go on this date with Keanu. Yeah. And she doesn't wear a turtleneck. And Keanu Reeves kisses her on the neck as a first kiss. Yeah. Not like a nice to see you again kiss on the cheek. It's like a full on kiss on the neck. Yeah. That's not where you start. No. Especially not if you're like picking someone up at their house and there's someone else at their house. No, but it's at the restaurant though. Oh, at the restaurant. Yeah. That's right. She I was thinking it was in the foyer at the house when Jack Nicholson was standing there. This is her on the neck. Because get it? She's not wearing the turtleneck. She's more open now. In Whoa. case you didn't get it, we're going to bring it up three more Whoa. times throughout the movie. She took her turtleneck off. I thought they were like surgically attached to her. <laughs> that's why he had to cut it off, right? Yeah. Because. Shirts don't just come off over your head. It's not how it works. <laughs> and then she goes home and they instant message a whole lot. There's a lot of text in this movie. I think this is like the height of MSN Messenger too. No, I think that was earlier. This is... 2003? Yeah. No, I think they were still MSNing. I was. Oh, I wasn't. In grade nine, yeah. 
I was definitely off of Messenger by like 2001. Okay. I think 98 through 2000 was the the heyday for me. Being younger than you, I think, because it was like the way you could talk to your friends all the time. And we get the idea that he's like a gross chauvinist, right? Yeah. That's who he is. But then she always says things like, oh, but he's always right. He knows women. Yeah. That's... Why are you, why? It's that like giving up damsel in distress kind of thing where she's supposed to be such a strong character. She's like single. She's a very successful playwright. She's like owns this beautiful home. She's like clearly very successful. But I don't think she is strong in -hmm. any way. I think she's just rich. Mm. She doesn't have any friends. Just her sister and her ex-husband, who she made a sandwich for. Yeah. And her daughter. This movie, like, masquerades as being something progressive. And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, it's it's not. Her world is, like, five people big. Yeah. And she is in, like, servitude to most of them. Yeah. She's, like, cleaning dishes and stuff. And then she also says, sometimes I just hate him so much, but also he's the only one that really gets me. Which is something that, like, every 13-year-old goth says about her 20-year-old boyfriend that she really shouldn't be with. Yeah. Oh, he just really, he really gets me. He understands who I am as a person. They more than once talk about how, like, well, he really understands women. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's rough, man. (laughs) They also make him, like, like you said, like, sound really gross, but I don't think... Like we said earlier, like, I don't think that he seems that gross. Like, it's it's kind of gross that he's dating women who are, like, half his age or more than half his age. But, like, but I don't like it. But if he tells them, like, with them. hey, this is going to be a two-month thing. Yeah, I'll take you, you down. Out. And they're like, yeah, cool. I'll take you out for some nice dinners. Good, we'll, good like, them, maybe travel a whole bunch. Yeah. Like, this seems like these girls would just know what's happening. Because Amanda Pete seems to know exactly what's yeah. Like, she knows this isn't serious. She knows everything about everyone and herself. Because she says, like, well, I'm damaged because of your divorce with dad. And then the way he treated you, I don't want to be like mm-hmm. that. So that's why I'm with people like this. Get it? That's my character. Yeah. And we're like, we get it. Stop telling me who you are. So that leads me to believe that Harry's not as gross as we think he is. Because he's not, like, tricking women. True. He's, like... Being like, this is who I am. I don't do serious relationships. But I'm rich, so, like, let's go have a nice dinner. But do you think that's what the movie posits? Is that how we are meant to see him through the lens of this movie? Or is that just something that you are critically looking at and like, and going, well, actually... I think it's me. Yeah. It's like, I think it's you and I figuring this out, not so are... Nancy Myers. <laughs> Do you get how sometimes it's not fun to be smarter than the movie? Yeah. Wasn't so much nicer? It was really nice being 13 and loving this movie. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Everything's garbage. (laughs) And you just sit there and you're like, well, this is bad. And here's why it's bad. And and everyone else is like, yeah, we know that, but you're not supposed to tell us. No, I know. You've ruined me now. I was very concerned about that, actually. That movies would be less fun for you once you start looking at them critically. They are less fun for me now. (laughs) But aren't good movies more fun? True. 
true. And I do like having like a little bit more knowledge than I had. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I'll ever know everything that you know, but Well, you know more than I know. What do you mean? I know things. Yeah. But not like movie things as much. Yeah, but it's not like I know things. I think this is the thing I get into at work a lot. I can just look at stuff and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. It's not like I know certain facts. Mm, like fair. I have some film history stuff, but that rarely helps. Mm, true. You just look at it and be like, here's why this is garbage. <laughs> this is why everyone thinks you're so mean is because I bring you these like fun movies. And now I'm starting to be like, these suck. But before, like, Bride Wars, I wasn't ready to have my life Bride crushed. Wars is so much worse than <laughs> it's this. so much worse than this. Well, we can both agree that Bring It On is still pretty good. Yeah, it was a good movie. Although, I would like to do a revisit where we play that whole episode, and then we talk about it for an extra, like, 20 minutes. Because <laughs> we agreed on many things, but we disagreed on a lot. And I think you might be coming to my side after a couple of years of this. Yeah, because you ruined me. <laughs> no, but you could see why it's great in a True. different way. No, and I can still... Because now you'll see that the Clovers are the heroes of this movie. We'll see. That movie. We'll see. Let's just talk about Bring It On. No, we've got we've to finish The Clovers are clearly the heroes. No, we need to finish something's got to give so we can stop talking about you it. You can't watch that movie and think that... What are they? Meat Palace? What is the... <laughs> The meat castle? Rancho Carne. Rancho Carne. Not Casa de Carne. <laughs> Rancho Carne, are, they are the villains of the movie. Meat but they palace. learn. <laughs> they learn about their mistakes. But they're the villains. Yeah. We'll see. We'll talk about that on the extended cut. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. This movie. So okay. um, I was like, what are we talking about? How did we get there? They're connecting because... I think we're meant to understand that they're sharing vulnerabilities and that is bringing them closer mm. and they're appreciating something in a type of person that they normally grow. wouldn't have appreciated. Right. I don't think it's well executed, but I think it's in there and I like that idea. Right. Uh, then it goes pretty cliche. They get caught in the rain and they just cackle the whole way in. You know how like when it rains on you and you just go... <laughs> Oh, that one was scary. That was a good witch cackle. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so they get caught in the rain. They come in and they have to light candles. And, oh, my notes here say, is this a joke? I feel so talked down to. <laughs> um, in what way, Andy? Tell me about this. If you're doing this movie where you're saying, like, you know what? It's not just young people. It's people who are finding something later in life. Yeah. People who are getting a second chance. People who are, for the first time figuring things out later in life Mm -hmm. i feel like you should also have enough originality to go with like oh we got caught in the rain and now we have to light candles but the music still works somehow yeah like it's just like we do better we've been doing this caught in the rain scene for 60 years something like like it's just not it's not original so do it how it works we know how this scene works well yeah and especially when it goes somewhere very bizarre right mm-hmm. after that so then of course they start making out and they go to the bed and she says this line of my lips i haven't used them for kissing in so long usually i just use them for whistling <laughs> and then she says kissing is spectacular mm. i guess that's an intentional joke like she's so awkward is that the joke i think it's that she is so like far removed from the time in her life where she just like make out with someone 
You don't have to say I haven't used them for kissing in so long. Just wearing lipstick and whistling. <laughs> and that's when uh, he responds with a stop talking before my erection goes away. And then she begs, like literally begs in what I thought was a gross way. It was very gross. This whole scene is very gross. To have her turtleneck cut off. Like, we, we've all worn shirts before. They come off pretty easily. <laughs> It's a symbol, get it? And if you don't get it, she's going to tell you a co- another couple of times after this. Yeah, the only reason I got it was because she told me three more times yeah. that she was, like, closed for business and then realized she could still have sex. Yeah, she has this big speech about powerful older women. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm on board. Yeah, I want to no, see how she stands up to Jack Nicholson and wins him over. And then in this part, she literally begs a man to take over and says something like, I was so uptight and then you freed me. And then, so they have that sex scene. Oh, and then there's the, um, she says, oh, now we have to stop and check your blood pressure. Before they actually have sex. Which I guess is funny. It's supposed to be funny because she's still like taking care of him. And I think I would appreciate that. I think that is funny. I think it's a good joke. It I just didn't doesn't... think it was funny in the movie because I was in a bad mood from everything else. Yes. But and that's, it, that's like a funny bit. I think it would be funny in this magical rewritten version that we keep talking about yeah. because that's it's it's a bit. He's just had a heart attack. He probably shouldn't be like getting his heart rate up and like running upstairs at the beach and like doing all the things he's doing. Um and so in that movie where we're not explaining what's happening every 15 seconds, that would be a very funny thing. Especially yeah. when she throws the cuff in the air and it like gets caught on the rafter and like Yeah, it's a funny bit. It's a funny thing about age too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like, oh, remember how we're like in our 60s? And then this movie which I really thought would I don't know. I don't know why I should assume it's feminist just because there's a female writer. That often does not equate. I guess I was just I was just hopeful. But then she proceeds to act like the the typical like crazy girl like crazy clingy girlfriend, yeah. which I I didn't like that part either. Cuz I'm already working hard to try to like this character. And it wasn't working. And then when they have sex, he's like all right, I'm out of here. And within 30 minutes, she's talking about like, well, let's go to Wade together. Let's go yeah. to Paris. Let's do all this. She gets very clingy very quickly. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, no, this is like a thing now. Although maybe I should be less critical of the writer for making it such a typical character we've seen before. Mm. And maybe give some credit for taking this character who had been very isolated. Right. And having them have this human reaction to intimacy. Yeah. And when we talk about it like this, if I say like, oh, she was so clingy because she hadn't been with anyone in so long. And now she finally felt a bond with someone and she wanted to explore that. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. That sounds great. That sounds when you like watch a part it, of it the movie not, I want to see. It doesn't seem like that in the movie, though. That's in the magical rewritten version. Yeah. Where we have this heartwarming moment of her realizing that she can love again. Yeah, and she, I remember her sobbing and going, like, what am I going to do? It's like the yeah, only option in this movie for older women is either, like, never have sex again yeah. and be successful at your job or have sex and become completely unglued. Yeah. So Harry 
is Harry, and he realizes that he doesn't want, like, a relationship. And so he he goes home. When he's healthy enough to go home, he leaves. Mm -hmm. And then she just, like, cries for two weeks. There is this sequence where she scream cries for, like, eight minutes. Yeah. Maybe we'll play a bit of it here if we can. And it could just continue, like, as we talk, because yeah. we don't have time for all of it. Terrifying. We'll, we'll cut it short. But yeah. I think that sequence, if I say it to myself about this person, like, overreacting so much that they just cry for seven minutes, yeah. I think it gets funny. I think it gets weird, then funny, then it's like, oh, this is too long. I, I hate just it. cut it, yeah. And then it goes so long that it's funny again. Huh. In another movie. Yeah, in the I magical rewritten version of In Venice. this one, though, I was I was just such in such a bad mood from everything else that I, I hated it. I really hated it. So the classic, you can either have a career and never have sex or have sex and come completely unglued. When she stops having sex, she suddenly can write her play and then it goes to Broadway? Yeah, like the next week. The next week, like I look up the half of monthly. <laughs> and it's cast, and uh, they're rehearsing, and the ending isn't written yet. Mm-hmm. And the play looks terrible. Oh, it looks so bad. So this is clearly Nancy Myers writing a movie about herself, right? Yeah. So is she admitting she's a bad writer? I don't know. Or does she think the play that Diane Keaton writes is good? I think she thinks it sounds good. No, because I think it's a joke about how bad the play is. No? I didn't see it like that. Like, I think they it's a serious thing. Like, that's not one of the jokes in the movie. But the play has a, like, chorus line of old man dancers with their butts hanging out of hospital gowns. I think this play, because she kills him in the play, I think that's her way of trying to get over him. Right, right. Like, trying to move on. So she's not doing it, like, it ends up being a comedy play, but I don't think she's doing it to, like, be mean or be, like, a bad writer. Like, make a bad play because it's about him. Sure. But in the world of this movie, Mm -hmm. is this a good play? Not to us, but to people in this world. Yes. Really? It's like a smash hit comedy. That's what they said. Oh. And this is like her 90th play she's written. Because remember Keanu Reeves said that he saw all of them? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And there's some that like her daughter hadn't even seen. How do you like Keanu in this? I like him. I wish Keanu was like the main love interest in this. That's a better movie. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to the end. But, And I know you are a very big fan. You love Keanu. Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. But do you think his performance in this movie is good? I think it was too strict of a character for him. Like, he's Keanu. He's charming. He's, like, goofy. Like, there's so many things that you can just do that Keanu just does. Like sitting. Like sitting. Mm -hmm. Or, like, just, like, being goofy that they don't let him do in this movie. And so then it could have just been any generic guy. So is that your way of saying, sure, it's not a good performance, but it's not his fault? Yeah. Okay, I could agree with that. He he has very little to do 
Yeah. Like I, I, he, I hate that's to, a good way to put it. He has very little to do. I hate to pile on Keanu in his the typical criticism of him, and the typical criticism of him is like he's just a wooden blank slate kind yeah. of guy. And I, I like him. I think he's very good in many things. If this was the only movie I'd seen him in and hadn't heard that criticism, I'd be like, oh, I don't know about this guy. He's kind of just like a wooden blank, blank slate. Yeah, like he doesn't, he's just like set dressing, which yeah. is why I said it could literally be anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be a big name actor because he does not do anything. Just like John Favreau. 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 Uh, just like him, it's like, that could, that could be anybody. Like it doesn't need to be a name. Save he plays some... a, an assistant a lot. He does. Yeah. But yeah. Keanu, Keanu this was has peak. released Keanu. two Matrix movies and then this movie came out in the same year. Like Keanu Reeves is As like... Matrix 2? And 3. 2 and 3 came out in the same they year? They came out in 2003. Both of them? Yeah. One at the beginning, well, one at the end. That's why they were so bad. But it's like he's peak yeah. action hero right now. And, and then he does this. And then he does this and like this is like a star that everyone is currently like crazy for, he should be the main character. He should be. Maybe not for those reasons, but just based on this script, yes, he should be. Yeah. Well, let's let's get back into it. And yeah, about sorry. him, because uh, lost in this was she makes a second date with Keanu and then just never shows up. Doesn't say anything about but it. We, doesn't write or like. There's never any consequence for it. There's never like a confrontation about it. They just kind of drift apart. Yeah, she stands him up. Yeah, and doesn't call him or anything. No. Doesn't apologize. No. And then uh, Francis McDormand, I think, runs into him and brings him back at the farmers market. at the farmers market, yeah. and he wears that nice blue T-shirt that I like. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> and waves with a peach in his hand. And it's the only, like, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves moment that you get in this movie. But it's like, oh, look, I brought this home from the market. This. Yeah. She refers to him as, like, something you would bring home from the market. Like That's how he's treated. He is. And so then all of a sudden, Erica and Julian, Keanu and Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. are, like, in love. It's, like, instantly. Oh, yeah. So, and then we get... Six months later. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson now has a beard because he's grown. Get it? And he's like realizing that he missed out. So he's a little depressed. Yeah. Of course, the beard lasts for about 20 seconds. Yeah. Like, like, why? Why? Because he's grown. Yeah. It's symbolism. And then they tell you about it just in case you missed it. Yes. So Harry visits Marin and apologizes for any past disrespect and she's like you weren't awful to me I knew what was happening and like and then we just like weren't right for each other but then over the last six months he went around to all of his exes yeah and they all hate him and he says he's learned and grown from it what what did they say what did he do to them We've never actually heard of him doing anything bad. No, and we don't really understand at this point what his whole thing with women is. We're just meant to understand by a shorthand of like, oh, he's older and dates younger women. You know how they are. Yeah, there's like an assumption. In the one case where we actually get to see it, both parties were like, yeah, this is great for us. They're like, eyes wide open. We know, like, I don't want anything serious. You don't want anything serious. And they never had sex, which they tell you a lot. Did they never have sex? They never had sex. I wish they had told me that <laughs> four times. 
And then, of course, he's going to go to Paris and meet her because he knows the restaurant she loves and it's her birthday and she loves that roast chicken. Mm -hmm. So he's just going to go there. What a boring thing to eat in Paris. (laughs) Some roast chicken. She looks so good. But (laughs) I guess she's there every night. Every single night. Always. Because he just walks to Paris. Or not to (laughs) Paris. that movie he just walks into the restaurant walks to paris and of course she's there yeah and he sits down and tells her everything and how uh, like he's grown yeah he had a beard trust me it was great that's how you know i've grown up i've shaved it now because it looked like a fake beard (laughs) it was a fake beard yeah i know oh it looked like it (laughs) okay i just had to make sure you knew and she's like oh okay interesting and then keanu walks in and he's, like, fucking ready to propose to her. Yeah, And pulls like, out the ring and puts it on the table with Jack there. He's, like, all handsome and, like, he's clearly dressed for, like, an oh, important he's, date. He's wearing a turtleneck. Yeah, he so is. So that means he can't be good. Despite him being uh, incredibly kind, forgiving, handsome, intelligent. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Get rid of this guy. Yeah. So... Because Jack Nicholson said, like, hey, I was mean to women. I don't know how, but I'm sure I was wrong in some way. She's like, all right. All right. That's all I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then she breaks up with Keanu. But Keanu is like, wow, he deserves you. Yeah. And you are just a thing that can be, uh, like, passed from one man to another keanu literally has a box and like in a movie this obvious like it has to be an engagement ring yeah like it can't be anything else they're in paris hands it to her on her birthday and she basically puts it in her purse and says i'll open this later yeah she's a dick to many people throughout this like, movie if you were gonna Most propose to me and you handed me the box and i was just like oh, i'll just like yeah whatever just like throw it in my bag uh this uh womanizer who tried to bang my daughter is here you know the guy i hate so much yeah he's here so fuck you handsome dr keanu reeves but like thanks for the gift yeah <laughs> handsome doctor who like a like adores her professionally too yeah because he's like just i've seen about her everything you've done i think you're brilliant and you're an amazing woman and she treats him like garbage and she keeps does. coming back he deserves better Poor keanu keanu deserved better in this movie yes why would anyone choose jack nicholson's character over keanu's and this isn't even an age or looks thing Mm-mm. just based on their characters and who they are yeah, if we don't say like one guy uh, forgives everything you do, loves your work, yeah, and treats you with just respect all the time. Yeah, the other guy you slept with once, and that was the first time he'd ever slept with anyone your age. Uh, commented on, made that, sure you knew that. Yeah, then <laughs> left, and then returned in six months to say sorry. Yeah, and that's the guy you choose, not the guy who has like. Taking you to Paris for your birthday and just loves you unconditionally. There was one part in the sequence that had it happened the way I wanted, I would have changed my mind and said this is a brilliant movie. Because initially we think Diane Keaton's going with Keanu Reeves and Jack walks home and he goes and he stops on the bridge. And if he would have jumped off that bridge and killed himself, <laughs> yeah. I would have been. I would have applauded. I'd be like, 
you know what this this is a good movie because the consequences kind of come from like he's led this empty shallow life his whole time and now he feels like he's missed out on this opportunity he's to get realized. real happiness yeah he's he realized that he's missed and i'd be like whoa this this was a hard hitting movie and they they took on some some real issues and they approached it from many different ways and i appreciate that but that's not the movie that this is Mm-mm. this is a garbage movie and instead she dumps keanu and just knows his bridge because that's like i guess he probably had a speech about his favorite bridge like her <laughs> and her roast favorite chicken bridge in paris and he just goes she goes there and says all right let's um be together forever and he's like yeah okay and then that's not enough they the big this... kiss on the bridge in paris isn't enough no the big kiss on a bridge in paris which the writer of a play who is based upon the writer of this movie specifically just says know i kind of want to end something in paris that sounds good yeah it's such hacky writing and they draw attention to it and then they do it and i guess it's not hacky if it's meta i don't know i don't really understand what meta is but that's a conversation for another day uh a short answer a meta textual meaning a text referring to another text or to itself and drawing Mm -hmm. attention to the artifice of the movie okay like in um some comedies when they'll talk about it being a movie right that's it's metatextual uh, okay i get it yeah so she is kind of nancy myers has written herself into this movie yes she is the sassy 60 something lady yeah. who is a brilliant writer and just can't get it together to find love yeah and she has no better idea she was like i don't know maybe ended in paris people like that and then they do. So what do I know? I'm broke. She's a millionaire. So the final scene in this movie is them all... Superfluous. Oh, sorry. I was finishing that <laughs> sentence for you. Whoa. Unnecessary. Heavy-handed. Yes. All of the above. Right. Where they all just laugh manically at a table. Oh, so much laughing. And toss this baby around. It was weird seeing Jack Nicholson with a baby. It's like none of them had ever met a baby before. It's like I, I worked on some horror movies and when I would like go out in full werewolf makeup to get a coffee. Right. Like you're like, well, that doesn't fit here. Yeah. That was Jack Nicholson with a baby. True. It just didn't True. Right. He's like, oh, a baby's hands in my mouth. Like you can hold he a baby without getting a hand in your mouth. Joking so hard. And they're just like flinging this baby around at a table in like a very fancy New York restaurant, I assume. Yeah. And Amanda Pete's there with her baby and saying like, yeah, that's your grandpa. He was almost your dad. <laughs> she doesn't Funny say story. that. But like, it's, that's the subtext. That's the subtext is that, oh, he was almost your dad, but now he's your grandpa because we didn't have sex, but they had sex. Yeah. Did I mention that we didn't have sex? So it's all right for my mom to bang him now because we didn't have sex. We didn't have sex. We are really sex positive in this movie, but but we will tell you. Sex, yeah. Like only to a certain point. Yeah. Oh man. And then the movie ends and everyone cheers because it's over. Can we talk about how Marin like broke up with Harry and then six months later is three months pregnant and married to Danny Benjamin? Joe Everyman. Yeah. He was just like, I'm a stable good guy. Yeah. That's who I am. 
I wear dockers and a blue button down. Well, and now that she's yelled at her mom about how, like, she only dates the wrong guys, she can date the right guy now? Yeah, because uh, she stated her motivation and that was enough impetus enough to change. Yeah. This is weird. This is such an awful movie. But there's so much good stuff about it pieces and i think that's more frustrating yeah when you have like bride wars that's just top to bottom garbage garbage yeah garbage t to b (laughs) but this one some really interesting things that should be explored in better movies yeah can't believe we talked about this for this long i don't know about this movie anymore it it wasn't nice so i feel like we have talked this movie to death and also like at the same time written a way better movie we should. Let's just let's just make rom coms. I I kind of did. I did sell a, a feature that is a, a romantic comedy. Pharmacist. Yeah, you've never seen any of my movies, <laughs> but yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I actually love um, romantic movies. When I was going through my list, I have like a list going of things to talk about on this. I feel like half of them are romances, <laughs> but I think lots of things i consider a romance if there's like people who fall in love in the movie that's a romance to me oh. like i think chung king express is a romantic movie i don't think so it's about people falling in love okay that's the central plot of of both stories one is about one person breaking up with someone and moving on and the other one is about someone realizing what they need in life oh actually they broke up and then he moves on and falls in love with someone else so romantic <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know it's it... I feel like I think a romantic movie is one that's just like solely centered around romance. What are those movies also about? Chunking Express is a it's a romance. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have I have nothing more to say. I think there's lots of good stuff there's here. Many things that in I the liked. description of this movie, it is a good movie. Yeah. When in you... the watching of this movie and paying attention to every line, it is not a no. good movie. And Diane Keaton won a Golden Globe and was nominated for an Oscar for this. That's insane. Not for The Godfather. For this. this. Where she just cackles maniacally and, and then scream, scream cries. cries. Yeah. Like, she's like one of those goats. You know those screaming goats? That That is exactly. And she, like, maniacally slaps her thighs while she laughs. And we were just watching it. And if you just watch her face... She does the most bizarre things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in movies where Ben Stiller would play a bad guy. And you're like, "Woo, it's kind of like, it's unsettling. There's so yeah. much going on there. But it's like wacky. That's how I felt about her. Fair. Yeah, she won three Best Actress Awards at various awards shows. Because this was like the best movie of the year, apparently. Ooh. Just saying, City of God came out this year. Did it? I think so. I think it was the same Oscars, if I recall. Brilliant movie. Sam didn't like it. <laughs> okay, well, we can both agree we did not like this movie. No. I think we're disappointed that it wasn't better. That it didn't be better. Well, let's thank our second sponsor of the show, and that is the Edmonton Community Foundation. And the ECF acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. What do you think? Should we start an endowment fund? Yeah. To remake Something's Gotta Give. Yes. 
I don't think that's what endowment funds are for, but you know what? We can ask them and you know how we can find out more? By going to a website that you're going to tell me right now? Absolutely. <laughs> you can learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's the Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Oh, nice. Let's get that money. Yeah. Well, you got to give the money first. Oh, I don't have any money. Well, um, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we dissected this movie to the point where it's no longer a movie in my mind anymore. Mm-hmm. We will see you next week when Indy reveals. Wait, 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 wait. Do you know what we're starting next week? <laughs> oh, she just realized it. I and did. And she's shaking and shimmying all over. Sam, let him know. Tell it's him what time it is. The most wonderful time of the year. Halloween just ended. It's Christmas. Oh. It's the start of festive ho, ho, ho season. <laughs> <laughs> I, every, my favorite thing is how often you say ho 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 as just like an adjective like oh it's a real ho 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 season yeah that's <laughs> strange i've never heard anyone else do that before but i love it yeah that's right uh starting next week and all four episodes we have leading up until christmas we will do a festive themed episode maybe not everything will be christmassy i think the main movies will be but our things of the week will also be festive, maybe just wintry, maybe Hanukkah-based. One time it was cookies. Yeah, you just like, you know what I like? Cookies. I was like, all right. I can't argue that. They're great. I promise to have better things this year. My thing is going to be snow. Oh. Ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. I think you're too tired and okay. excited for Christmas. <laughs> but join us again next week where we will have a couple of festive things of the week. And I will reveal my Christmassy movie for the following week. Yes. Which I haven't picked. Me neither. Because I feel like I have a lot of Christmas movies I like. Yeah. But I feel that's one thing that you've seen a lot of. So I think you've seen most it's of the true. Christmas movies I like. And last year I did a Christmas horror. So I don't want to do another horror. Yeah, that's fair. What was the one where the angel gets his wings? It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did that two years ago. I know. I was just, I was mixing a Christmas story and It's a Wonderful Life in my head. Very different. I do love It's a Wonderful Life. And it, depending on when this comes out, pretty soon you can hear me on uh, Overdue Finds. Oh, yes. The Edmonton Public Library podcast where I get to talk about It's, it's a, a Wonderful, wonderful life. life. Yeah. Indy is like the best podcast guest because he's very charming and can just talk for hours oh thank you um <laughs> in most relationships saying someone can talk for hours would be an insult but i take it as a compliment no, because you... <laughs> that is kind of our job right now yeah exactly okay well we will see you next week for ho 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 festive fun time you heard it here <laughs> ho 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 festive fun time ho 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 you can't start signing off like that yet. You have to say normal <laughs> goodbye. Oh, Next sorry. month. Regular goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> this is a weird meandering here. <laughs>
Well, that's actually louder. <laughs> Sorry. And here's the silence for tone. Here's. <laughs> Sorry, my stomach started to make noise. And here's silence for tone. <laughs>